Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Off of the Couch podcast. Maggie here. My interview today is with Lawrence Neal, a podcaster and now fitness studio owner who lives in Galway, Ireland. When Lawrence started his podcast back in 2014, which currently has over 400 episodes, he worked in tech sales. His story is fascinating because besides getting his life back by finding an efficient exercise routine when he had been spending much of his free time at the gym, he interviewed many of the experts in a style of weight training called high-intensity training, not to be confused with high-intensity interval training, which is a cardio workout. High-intensity strength training is a very efficient, time-saving workout with incredible benefits in health as well as improving body composition. I have a number of past episodes on this type of strength training, as this is what I try to do myself and teach people to do a pretty similar style of workout at the YMCA here in New Hampshire. I started listening to Lawrence's podcast probably in about 2014 or 2015. He had some episodes that contained some stories about Arthur Jones, the inventor of Nautilus, who was very eccentric. And I was interested because these were the machines that I had learned on. Most gyms these days have other types of machines now, and, but, and you can still get a very effective workout on them. Or you can use dumbbells, bands, or body weight. But personally, I found the origin story of Nautilus very interesting, and because of that, I learned an amazing amount of information from Lawrence's podcast. His podcast now focuses more on the business of uh, owning a studio. Here's Lawrence. Good morning. Oh, morning, Maggie. There you go. Hello, how are you? How are you? Good to see you. Thank you. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for inviting me on. I appreciate it. Oh, you're totally welcome. I'm uh, I'm pretty excited. I've listened to your podcast off and on for quite a few years. And uh, so it's a <laughs> That's privilege. That's great. I'm honored. Yeah, it's a privilege for me. So, um, well, I was wondering um, if you wanted to start with your backstory, how you got into the um, fitness podcasting. And now do you own a studio now of your own or? Yeah, a co-own. That's correct. So we're getting straight into this, are we? Sure. Love it. (laughs) Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. um, so my backstory is uh, I'm originally from, I'm British, I'm from Portsmouth, small city in England, and um, I've always had kind of a passion for health and fitness, uh, played a lot of basketball in my youth, and, uh, but I, I, got into, I got into sales kind of accidentally as a profession um, and kind of put those, those goals, any goal in terms of um, building a, a business in fitness to one side um and pursued my my sales career um which which went well and then i moved to london at some point to pursue that further but all the while i kind of had the entrepreneurial itch and wanted to do something i was passionate about something to do with fitness um, and that's kind of how the podcast was born right because i loved learning and i was really curious 
to speak to experts. Hopefully you're not getting too much of the background noise, the rain. I live in Galway in Ireland and it's, it rains all the time and it's just a way of life here. And, uh, and so, yeah, so I, I, obviously I, the podcast kind of became quite popular and that was kind of by accident. I was quite early to perhaps the podcasting space, which might've helped. It's a lot harder now, as you probably uh, noticed. Um, And, uh, and yeah, there came a point where, you know, I, I met my, my now fiance and she's Irish and we were kind of tired of London and we wanted a less stressful life. And there's a few other personal reasons as well, but we basically decided to leave our jobs, leave London. And, you know, we had quite well-paying jobs um, to, to come to Ireland and, and kind of figure it out when we arrived, you know, and I knew I wanted to build a business. And at the time, my fledgling little website and podcast was making a very small amount of money every month. And the goal was to, you know, figure it out. And I saved a bit of money from sales and I moved to Ireland. This was uh, back in 2017. And uh, yeah, and then obviously tried a lot of things, tried lots of trial and error, lots of failure. Um, and then I kind of, as you know, I Corporate Warrior became high intensity business. It was a broad yeah. podcast covering fitness, productivity, business, all sorts of things. I was kind of trying to be Joe Rogan-esque, I guess, or something like that <laughs> and uh, and failing miserably. And um, and then eventually I, I decided to niche down because I just wanted to build a successful business. And whilst I'm still very passionate about high intensity training and strength training um, in order to make the business work and kind of align it with my passion, I decided to focus on the business owners within HIT and try and help them and help them grow. Hence why the podcasts changed, the branding changed, the topics changed. I mean, I still do podcasts on high intensity training because it is the business, right? That's what we're doing. We're delivering training services, but also other business related topics. So, um, and then about a couple of years ago, um, in fact, what's very cool about podcasting and Maggie, you're, you may have um, realized this or will realize this at some point, if you do this long enough, is it's weird opportunities just come out of nowhere. You start building relationships, start building right. a network with people you never would have otherwise. And uh, again, this was probably back in 20, I want to say 2018, maybe somewhere around then. Uh, I got an email from a person who lived in in Galway, where I, li- where I live now. And uh, you know, he was very interested in the podcast. And so we ended up meeting for coffee and becoming great friends. And he has a passion for all things health and wellness. So we would just meet every week and get lunch or get coffee and just talk about fitness and nutrition. And, uh, you know, he he was he had a his own his own family business that he was involved in but he was passionate about this and wanted to start a business and at the time i was already going to do this the the studio concept the the Mm -hmm. high intensity training studio with um someone else um and unfortunately that never came to fruition the the can kept getting kicked down the road so to speak and so eventually i turned to sean and i said hey your vision is the same as mine let's just do this and he was like yeah let's do this and it was a great moment and uh and then the rest is history and we're steadily growing uh growing that business tons of mistakes and learnings along the way despite the advantage i have of obviously being <laughs> in a net you know, having a great network of yeah. successful colleagues in this space and obviously the hit business membership where we we give people resources to grow the business um still still challenging definitely and um, lots of learning curves and that's that brings us up to present day really i'm very focused on obviously the um uh, growing the personal training studio, which is called Optima Strength here in Galway, and uh, and still still improving and uh, growing the online business and the podcast. So 
and then trying to do all that with a one-year-old and a three-year-old it feels like a complete wow. impossibility on certain days so <laughs> oh i bet i bet Just so sorry that was the long the long version that's great <laughs> no i appreciate that because yeah when i um listened i went back and listened to your earlier um episodes just to refresh because i had listened to them so long ago and um yeah you were um just had a girlfriend and no kids and now you have two little kids and i'm sure that changes things <laughs> quite a bit especially yeah, like in yeah. the social life and and um what's the social life <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah so, how about uh, you maggie how did you get into all, all this you know start the podcast what's your background yeah, well, I'm at the other end of uh, my, my kids are probably almost uh, your age, they're in their early 30s. And, um, okay. but I had a similar thing that I had, uh, I had started a personal training business back in actually 1999. And I didn't have any experience. So I volunteered at a YMCA, and they had uh, Nautilus equipment, and I had to take their strength and conditioning class. And they, they were very um, adamant that you knew every detail and you had to actually do a test before you started taking their uh, new members through the Nautilus. And um, and I had used Nautilus before when it came out in the late 70s. Um, they had these beautiful new studios and that's sort of where women, I think, became pretty comfortable they were for men and women they were really nice and clean and led you through the workout so I had been exposed to it a couple of different times in my life and really liked it and nice. so yeah so when I first heard your podcast and I didn't really know all the stuff about Arthur Jones like I just knew the using the equipment and that I really liked um, the equipment and the, some of the science behind it, but I didn't know all the crazy mm. stories <laughs> about Arthur yeah. Jones and his animals. <laughs> yeah, you know, I missed them. Um, I think really, uh, I think what your listeners would probably be in yourself probably more interested in is how to like get into hits because I know I kind of gave you the part history of my career, but the real, the actually the kind of interesting part about that is, um, you know, I I was like everyone else working out all the time, doing lots of different random weird modalities of exercise. And then I, abbre I actually abbreviated more and more over time. So before I came across Doug McGuff's work, which was a huge turning point, I came across Anthony Bova's The Spartan Health Regime, which is not very well known, I don't think. No, I don't um, know that. But it's just a romantic ebook on like Spartan way of life regarding training and diet. Again, I don't know how like historically accurate it is. But that was kind of like along those same lines as, you know, much shorter training sessions maybe literally one session would be like deadlifts and chin-ups nothing else you know basically multiple sets okay but pretty much two failure um and that would be that would still be i guess like maybe three or four days a week of training but it would the workouts would be like 15 10 15 minutes so it was getting closer oh. and then obviously then you know I read Body by Science and I watched Doug's talk on the 21 convention on no such thing as cardio and everything changed. And I went from training literally five, six times a week to like one 15 minute workout a week and then maybe one basketball session in a week. And that was it, you know, so. So suddenly you had a lot of time on your hands. <laughs> <laughs> which was really welcome. I mean, this is why I'm so passionate about this, right? Because um, yeah. why I'm like building a whole life and career around either helping people build these businesses or building my own and building my own because I'm so passionate about this. There's so much value in it. It's like for me, right. I I was at the time I was in my mid twenties. I 
really was ambitious and wanted to double down on my career, but my my exercise regime got in the way of everything, got in the way of my social life. You know, I felt really run down because I did too much. I, I was very, very lean, very skinny, and um, just felt kind of crappy all the time. And, and you know, it really impacted my, my productivity and my job. And then when I changed, when I switched to this approach, everything improved. You know, my relationships, I met my, again, my now fiance. I, I don't know whether that would have ever happened. Um, you know, I, I had a lot more success in my career. I struggled a lot in sales in the beginning. And then I really found my feet. I can't say, you know, it was because of this, but it certainly gave me more time and energy to focus on other things in my life. So, yeah, that's what, one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about it. Yeah. Yeah. And you can hear that in your interviews, you know, you've really interviewed like all the experts. And so that's what's yeah. so fun to, uh, to go listen and, you know, listen to everybody discuss, you know, how many sets, how many reps, how this or that, you know, and there are different opinions. And <clears throat> excuse me, my opinion is, you know, if people are doing some kind of strength training, they're way ahead of the people that are. Oh, yeah not doing any and and it would be nice i think that a lot of women still are doing low calorie diets and maybe buying a fitbit and trying to get their steps in during the day and steps are good <laughs> but, but they're not really good enough right that's it that's a great way of putting it they're good but not quite everything not quite good enough yeah that's it yeah so mm. you have a uh, studio now and um what are what do your clientele look like? Are they still the busy um, executives sure. and workers, or are they people of really all walks of life? Yeah, I think um, I think our business typically lends itself to that type of target market, the busy professional, because mm -hmm. it is a personal training is a uh, you know a service that not obviously everyone can can justify and afford, um, and so that would be the person that who, who it would resonate with most because the other thing as well is the efficiency really resonates with the busy professional for obvious reasons. Right. Right. Um, so that would be the majority of our type of client. Yeah. Like a business owners, senior directors uh, or senior medical professionals, that kind of thing. Um, but then we would just like um, and I should I should credit Discover Strength for this really who are a very successful uh, chain of high-intensity training studios in, in the US, obviously, in North America. Um, they, Luke wanted to democratize personal training, and so that was one of the reasons why they started Small Group, right. which, is, which is far less expensive, but, you know, still, uh, from the business perspective, still generates a good amount of revenue per hour of time because it's just more clients in a similar unit of time, right? And so we did the same. And so okay. we look, yeah, so that's great. Cause I think I hate having to turn someone away cause I can't afford it. Right. Uh, you know, I, I want to be able to say, Hey, you know what you can do small group and it's much less expensive and you know, it's, it's still, it's still obviously, you know, to some people, even spending 150, $200 a month for personal training, which would be our low end, is still a significant amount of their income. But I think if we were all well-educated and kind of had our lives together, we would understand that that level of investment is absolutely reasonable when yeah. compared to what else we might spend money on. You know, I mean, how much do people spend on their car payments and and obviously, you got to look at this ROI long term and think of how much would they be saving on healthcare and care home costs and these kinds of things. Um, so I do feel quite strongly about that. I do feel like we should be actually 
premium priced because I do also think that if you want someone to come and give a real effort, like it's an outlier who's going to spend a very small amount on personal training and actually go to muscle failure. I think if we're priced right. a little higher, people are like, Jesus, I better get my money's worth here. And I better give it everything, right? Because we're asking people to go to muscle failure. And if right. people aren't like, oh, you know, I'm spending a good amount of money here, they're not as motivated to do that. It's kind of counterintuitive because we always think we're helping people when we're dropping prices. And that's right. not always the case, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So what is yeah. your routine and, and uh, how many um, exercises do you put people through? So we do 30 minute workouts and the routines are normally anywhere from eight to maybe 12 exercises. We're starting mm -hmm. trimming that down a bit now because we're kind of running out of time with clients trying to get mm -hmm. their all their exercise in 30 minutes. So we're erring closer to the eight to 10, I'd say. For mm -hmm. exercises. So we would do obviously we'd prioritize the multi-joint, the compound movements to get as much musculature as possible. But then we like to salt in those single joint movements to get a bit more volume, which I think is really important if you've got people like the reality is is a lot of people won't train to muscle failure. It takes a lot of it's a sense of almost mastery and real motivation to do that. And obviously a lot of people it takes some time to get there. So I think in lieu of that, having more volume helps to elicit more fatigue and drive a similar result. So that's kind of the, the mindset there, the thinking. So most clients will train once or twice a week with us, that type of approach. Yeah. Full body okay, workouts. That's what I was going to ask. Do they, is it some do once a week and some do twice a week, just depending on their schedules or. Yeah. Depending on schedules, depending on intensity level. Right. I do believe if someone is absolutely, you know, going to and beyond muscle failure, that obviously they have to be mindful of their recovery, especially when you consider that stress is caused by all sorts of different things in one's life. You know, frequency yes. has to be kind of established with that in mind, I think. So there's that. Um, and obviously budgets, I, I don't know if I said that already, um, would be a factor two, um, which would affect frequency. Yeah. Sure. So yeah. And so if we do Go ahead. Sorry. If they want to save money, they have to work a little harder. <laughs> Just do it <laughs> yeah, once. Yeah. Well, we do. I mean, we do four, six, and eight times a month. So six would be like a session every fifth or sixth day, which works quite well. Some people prefer that. And obviously, we give all these options so that it, you know, it's it gives. We can then tailor the right option to the right person based on their own circumstance. Um, and obviously that applies to small group as well, although we just do that once or twice a week. And then we do the virtual as well. So we do virtual one-on-one -on -one oh. strength training. Yeah. That's a huge thing for us. We do like 50% of our clients are virtual. Um, it's funny cause we, we started this business like, you know, right before COVID. Right. Okay. And so we weren't really operating at the studio much. And so we, we had to pivot to virtual and we ended yep. up loving it and actually getting quite good at it. Um, and so we, yeah, we offer virtual slightly different. We'll actually do four so once a week so four times a month six eight or even 12 times a month which works out as three times a week because with virtual is far mm. less surgical than a yeah. studio workout where you got machines that are really uh yeah. like laser focused with the stimulus whereas with body weights and stuff it's more dissipated i guess so we found that actually some you know a lot of people can tolerate that again it depends on the individual it depends on the age their ability to recover stresses etc um, so it's worth, I guess, you know, your listeners being aware that if they are uh, interested and the time zones work, oh, we certainly can oh, deliver virtual strength training. Yeah. Oh, that's great. 
Thank you. That's not something you already do yourself. So apologies if I'm um, inappropriately no, plugging my service. I'm, a, I'm actually <laughs> not. It was one reason I started the podcast. I was planning to do uh, health coaching from home okay. and, and I may do some kind of virtual group at some point, but right now I, I work, I work at a YMCA. So I just do uh, in person and, um, right. and and I teach people to use the machines and then they usually just go off on their own. So I do uh, I do see the advantage of people doing one-on-one with a personal trainer because sometimes people are really dedicated after I've taught them, but a lot of times they fade away, you know. Or, That's that and, accountability, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, there's definitely something to be said for the, the one-on-one service or the group. And I think group has even a special thing to it that people become friends and encourage each other yeah. i think there's some really good things about the group exercise besides that it's cheaper yeah yeah that's absolutely true i'm i'm we're not really doing much group right now and i'm excited to grow that because i do think for that reason as you said there it is going to be popular because of the social aspect and people yeah. are sort of encouraging one another. And I've seen, you know, we were recently at the resistance exercise conference in Minneapolis with Discover Strength and had some time to kind of look at some of their studios and observe them just doing their thing and seeing some of those small groups in action was really great to see how they do it. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that. Yeah. yeah, I think some real friendships form in those kind of groups. Yeah, absolutely. Among the participants. That's nice. And yeah, yeah I listened to your recent episode or um, maybe the one that you took some questions at the uh, resistance exercise uh -huh. conference. And I actually heard someone I know, um, Tasso Kariakis, he, um, he was the one that when I went back into personal training, he wrote down three names for me. And that was um, Wayne Westcott, uh, Doug McGuffin, Ellington Darden. So I got their books. And so he was actually a big influence on some of my perspectives. So I heard. Oh, wow. That's uh, amazing talking with him he was asking some questions in your your podcast great yeah he's a great good friend of mine i spoke to him recently okay. actually yeah we we know each other fairly well um very quick funny story i, I want to say this is this was rec so resistance exercise conference 2019 um i so one of the things we do at these conferences is an early morning workout it's like a important part of this conference that everyone gets very excited about and it's a little bit of an ego thing, although I don't know if there's too much of that. Um, <laughs> but it's kind of interesting because everyone's in impeccable shape, as you could probably imagine. Um, and it's a lot of fun because you get to try you know, a whole line of great machines um, and you get to, you know, you get trained by the DS team. So it's a great learning experience because you um, you can see how they coach. And I'm 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 hilarious, Maggie. Like when I did the early morning workout this year. I'm just paying so much attention to how I'm being coached. Okay, it's interesting that you said that. Okay, that's interesting that you touched my knee on the way back on the leg press to tell me when to turn around. And I love little nuances like that because I can bring that back into our business. Yeah. Anyway, digression. So back to Tasso, the early morning workout in Rec 2019. I had had too many alcoholic drinks the night before. So I was feeling <laughs> feeling very nauseous. And um, yeah. but obviously I'm, you know, I've got to, you know, I've got to have a great workout. I've got to show everyone that I can do this this workout. 
And so I went after it and uh, halfway through, I thought, no, you know, if I keep going, I'm actually going to just be, I'm going to vomit somewhere. And so I sat down at a table, head in my hands, just feeling really terrible. And Tessa came up behind me and put like an ice pack on the back of my neck. (laughs) Um, And I cannot remember the mechanism, Maggie, you perhaps would know it, but uh, it just made me feel a great deal better very quickly. And uh, then I got after it again with a workout and and, uh, finished the the whole workout with, with vigor. And I'm, Forever grateful for Tasso for helping me get back into the ring. So <laughs> there you go. Okay. So it's not all uh, um, perfect nutrition at these conferences then you guys go. Oh, absolutely so not. Okay. Absolutely not. Um, yeah, no, there's definitely alcohol flowing at these types of things, even fitness conferences. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, what was the direction of the conference? Is there... Um, I'm just wondering, like, if there's any talk about how to get people um, started strength training that may not be aware of uh, how to get involved and, you know, people that aren't doing it. Is there any, any talk about how to get people in that may not know? Not at like the last one. Last one was mo- it's mostly focused on, I guess, exercise science, how to get clients great results, that kind of thing. Um, but there have been previous recs where I remember I'm blanking on the name of the lady now, but she's a a scientist, a PhD, um, and her book, which again I've have can't remember the name of, and I have to send you after the fact, Maggie. And if you do show notes, you could always mm. insert it into that. Okay. Um, but her book was about motivation and exercise. And if I remember, and I get, I could be getting this completely wrong, is the key thing is to try and associate a positive, and this is habit change 101, right? It's associating a positive, rewarding feeling and um, with the workout. Like if you say to someone, hey, this is going to prevent cancer and various other diseases in 20 years or whatever, it's not as motivational to someone as saying, hey, you're going to feel like a million bucks after this workout. You're, you know your cells are going to be like bouncing, like you're going to just feel awesome. And so I, I remember her going through that. So that they, so they might do a little bit of that. They have someone come in externally to talk about how do we get more people engaged? I mean, like, like you're kind of alluding to, there's such a small percentage of right. the population at strength train. So yeah, I guess that's, that's the last thing I can remember that was, that was related to that goal trying to get more people involved um and i guess you know from my perspective that's why i'm focused on working with the other high intensity training studio and it's just like how do you get more clients yeah right? how do you get better at honing the message so it resonates with someone to take action right and the more the way i see it is the more i could do that scale across lots of different high intensity training studios the more people are going to get involved in this and the more people are going to get fit and healthy that's kind of my like overarching mission of all this just to make okay. strength training more popular yeah uh, which one of the reasons why i really wanted to talk to you because our um our values very much aligned on that yep. you know so yeah i don't know if that really answers the question i guess you just asked if they talked about it a wreck and that's my last sort of recollection of something that was very you know related to that idea yeah that motivation okay. mm-hmm. yeah because the more studios that open the more people see it in their own communities and and i think you're so right they don't necessarily look at well 20 years from now so i mean some people do some people do come into the why because they're hitting their 70s and they realize that you know, they really need to get stronger because they're looking ahead. But most people want to look better for their vacation, you know, when they're their bathing suit or yeah. 
or for some, uh, you know, family. Yeah, I believe in, I believe in like, obviously when you're going through like a, a sales call or like a free workout with someone, you can't just lay on them reasons why they should be doing this that aren't important to them, right? You've got to understand, you know, you know this, you've got to understand their goals, their problems and speak to those directly. And then I think the key is then to smuggle in over time, this education, right? Through whether that's like a short teaching focus during every session or weekly emails or social media or fill in the blank. It's helping them understand just how important this is. And, um, it's even even with that, you'll still get some people who it just goes straight over their head and they're maybe they're it's hard to say, but maybe some people you can never really change. Um and for other people it's the complete opposite and they become incredibly evangelical about this because they realize it is so profound. Um yeah. So. nice. Um, how about nutrition? Do you address that with your clients? You know, we don't, and uh, this is a difficult one for me, but um, there's a concept in business called core focus or strategic niche, where the idea is that you'll grow a more successful business if you just focus on being great at one thing. Um, and how you come up with that one thing is is one way of doing it is um, Jim Collins' hedgehog concept, which is you got to find out what are you passionate about, what drives your economic engine, and what can you be the best in your area or the world at? Um, and so with all of that said, we decided just to focus on personalized strength training and not do anything else. So we don't do any sort of cardio or stretching or right. nutrition coaching. Now, I obviously 100% agree with the idea that you can't get great results unless you focus on nutrition, but you don't have to buy that from us. You can buy that elsewhere. That's the stance I've taken. Have I turned lost clients or not closed sales because we don't do both yes and that's okay i'm willing to have that happen because i think in the long term i'd rather be very good at this one thing uh, there's a few other reasons too i think if you start introducing more services there's a lot of kind of overhead to that it's an opportunity cost so to speak so if you start doing nutrition as well you've got to become experts in that and you've got to invest in skills to constantly be on top of that uh, and I just would rather take all the energy and invest it into just one thing. So I'm a, yeah. a bit of a fan of simplicity. Um, and I think if you look around in business, you look at some of the most successful concepts, they're very focused, you know, like you don't go in McDonald's and ask for a burrito. You know what they're <laughs> right. You know what they offer. You look at Apple who are enormously successful. They do like for four different products, you know, <laughs> whereas their competitors have hundreds and so okay. thousands even. So I think there's something to be said for this focus. You know, in, in terms of fitness, think about it over your side of the pond. You've got Orange Theory. All they do is spin. F45. All they do is small group, I believe. Stretch Lab, I think, just do stretching and on and on and on. As I'm sure there's lots of other examples where they're deliberately focused on being very focused on one thing. Um, so that's a long answer because I think people are always a bit confused as to why we don't do more. But um I think the reality is, is if you look at a lot of our competitors or other concepts in Galway, where I live, they're all trying to be all things, you know? So actually, this is the key thing, Maggie. And I know we don't want to talk about business too much, but you asked the question. So I think when we do too many things, we dilute the value of what we do in the mind of the consumer, yeah. right? So if you just do personalized strength training and are seen as being great at that, that that's going to occupy that that space in the consumer's mind if you start doing multiple things they see you as being kind of average at a lot of things 
That right? makes sense. Yeah. Right. So that's actually, I should have said that at the start. That's probably the key thing here. Um, but there's a lot of benefits to being so focused because it's like if something yes. comes across your desk or, a, you know, a trainer comes to me or someone comes with an idea, say, does that align with personalized strength training? If it doesn't, not going to entertain it because it's not part of our mission, you know? Yeah. yeah. And it's going to yeah. improve their life if they do the strength training and then the yeah. rest of their life, they can take that on themselves. <laughs> whatever yeah yeah exactly exactly and uh, you know we recently did a we do like a monthly group coaching call in the membership and and luke oh. always yeah like luke um attends most months and just this is so this is luke ceo of discover strength mm -hmm. and he always just drops like golden nuggets that are just priceless like business wisdom and um we were talking about weight loss and nutrition are people come for weight loss but we know that strength training whilst it might help it's you know no exercise modality is really going to solve that problem in and of itself um and luke was like why why are we focused on why are we trying to solve weight loss there's lots of people out there who want to solve strength who want to solve muscle mass you want to solve general health problems. They are not, so we should not be focused on people that want to just solve weight loss. If people want to do that, they can go and work with a body transformation coach or nutrition coach or what have you. Um, and I think sometimes we, we perhaps make target the wrong person. Cause if someone comes in with that requirement, we're probably not best place to actually help them solve that problem. And they're probably better off. Yeah. Focusing on some kind of nutritional habit intervention first, mm. um, it, it depends obviously where they're at. We know that strength training combined with a great diet is magical because you retain that lean mass as you lose fat mass and all of right. that. Um, but, um, but yeah, I think Luke said it best. He said that there was a study that came out recently where they showed a ton of health benefits from strength training, independent of weight loss. Yeah. Whether you lost weight or not, you would still get, you know, significant health benefits, bone density, strength, cognitive health, the myokine, you know, um, effects, the byproducts of those, et cetera. So, yeah. Yeah. The uh, evidence is getting better and better all the time, isn't it? From, That's right. from uh, something most of us didn't start doing for that reason, you know? So Yeah, exactly. We all wanted to just, you know, well, speak for myself, just wanted <laughs> to build, build, build muscle and, I say to, I joke around with our trainers all the time. I'm like, you know, all I think about now is the myokines. I'm like, I'm going to get to failure on the seated row and I'm going to maximize my myokine production. Honestly, I, I get more motivated sometimes by the, the, the improvement to health span than yeah. quality of life than, than anything else sometimes, you know, especially at this, this juncture of my life where optimizing muscle mass seems a bit difficult with two young kids who don't like, well, one of them, he doesn't like to sleep very much. So, oh gosh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's great to tell people that they need to get a good night's sleep, but it's not always, <laughs> yeah. not always a way, way, way more empathy for those people these days, you know, where they say, if I talk to anyone who's got young kids, who wants to start training about something like yeah I, I hear you i get you i get where you are in life and you know before having kids i would never have been able to empathize very well with that so nice yeah. so speaking of that what is your fitness routine do you manage to you manage to get in a workout what do you do once a week now or yeah do you know what this is a great point right because i feel like what happens to a lot of parents when they have kids, right? Is health and fitness and body composition just falls by the wayside because suddenly they have no time, they're fatigued, they're tired all the time, and they're stressed. So they're like stressful, eat bad yeah. eating habits, etc. And obviously, yeah, the time I said the time, didn't I? Um, 
So I feel like HIT's been a massive savior for me because since having kids, I've still been able to get my weekly workout in. I can, any, you know, as busy as you get, everyone has 10, 15 minutes to do a body weight routine in the house if they have to, which is what I did. Um, It's funny right now. I don't, my routine's all over the place because um, we've just hired a new trainer and she's wonderful. And um, excuse me. And I'm doing a lot of like um, workshops with her currently where we basically role play, you know, the workout and we do like machine by machine. So like yesterday, I and I've kind of really been honing this as we've been going along. It's been really fun. And I, I'll sort of stand there in front of the lumbar extension, the MedX lumbar extension machine for the lower back. And I say, Fiona, this is the lumbar extension. This is like give her an overview of the machine, the muscles it works, talk about the setup of a client, the form we're looking for, all of those bits and pieces have her role play with me as a client for like 10 reps, not to failure, just to get mm-hmm. the coaching down. Yeah. So she understands the coaching and that side of things. Um, then no, sorry. I train her through on it first. So the first thing is to train her to failure. So she gets mm-hmm. a feel for it. Then she trains me not to failure. Then she trains me to failure. So, okay. so, cause I feel like you can't train a failure. It's hard to do role play like that. It's a bit contrived. Yeah. So actually doing it for real. So anyway, where i'm going with this is it's like so yesterday what was my workout well my workout was one set on lumbar extension and one set on medex neck extension and that was it because that's all we had time for and in the day before that it was you know one set on leg press and one set on shoulder press because that's all we had time for so i'm almost working out every day <laughs> doing like one machine there because i'm teaching her uh, but obviously i'll slip back into my normal routine which would yep. typically be i try to do twice a week Mm-hmm. Um, but very, my workouts are so brief at the moment. I mean, I, I, I would like to do like 10 exercises on both workouts, but invariably I end up doing like five or six, mm-hmm. you know, each routine and make sure I get the big multi-joint ones in, you know, chest press, pull down, leg press, shoulder press, seated row, always in every week. Okay. Um, and I try and get my neck stuff in there. I try and get single joint bicep, single joint tricep, leg extension, leg curl, these things as well. We've got a great setup now. We've got like, you know, like 15 medics, something like that in our space. So it's a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, so I try, I probably on average work out, I don't know, 1.5 times a week over the course of like a year, right? Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm pretty pleased with how things are with that, considering yeah. the, the, you know, yeah. how busy I am at this stage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. great. Very what about yourself? Uh, I usually go, I would be at the gym right now, but I, um, I usually go twice a week and I, um, don't use a trainer, but I have been doing like, um, a little drop set because I know I'm not going all the way to failure. So then I'll drop the weight and do a few more. Um, but yeah, I, uh, you know, and my uh, nutritional habits kind of slipped away over the last few years a little bit. I could tighten them up a little, trying to um, yeah. realize that, you know, we were all under a lot of stress between, I had an elderly mother that passed away a little over a year ago and, you know, went yeah, through that good. whole, thank you, went through the whole, um, you know, the falls and the rehab and the hospital rehab and all that stuff. And it caused a lot of you know, um, stress that a lot of people my age, I think, are, you know, going through helping out their elderly parents. And then between that and the pandemic, you know, I got started into the wine o'clock and, and all that. So I'm trying to tighten those habits back up now (laughs) that, you know, the weather's getting good and, and uh, 
things are not stressful for me. Where are you based again? I'm in uh, New Hampshire. Right. So I'm in New England. I'm a couple hours north of Boston. Got it. Okay. So it's usually rural. quite quite cold a lot a lot of the year or uh cold winters. Yeah. Okay. And we um we have uh some small ski areas around here. So we we yeah. did some skiing this winter and that's another Very reason, good. you know, to keep in shape so that because a lot of people my age are, you know, not doing it anymore. They're afraid of being injured and where, you know, yeah. if you do keep up your strength and um, health, you know, you can really enjoy your retirement. <laughs> and I'm kind of yeah. semi-retired. I work at the Y and it's pretty, pretty delightful, really, you know. Good for you. I love you that. Yeah. yeah. Can't, can't complain. <laughs> Good for you. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see, what else did I have to ask you? Um, oh, what about, do you have any, I know you said you mostly have busy executives come in, but do you have any tips for like the postmenopausal women? Um, you know, we do tend to gain, you know, a little around the yeah. middle, but you said you're not really um, focusing on weight loss. Do you pretty much do the same routine for? Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't call myself an expert at dealing with, I guess, women who have that challenge. Um, I certainly should probably invest some time um developing a better understanding with that but the way i understand it is obviously there's a hormonal change yeah um i don't understand why that would necessarily impact the programming all that much um yeah. you know uh I, I i'm just trying to think about when i looked into this last time and i i don't think it we made any changes really it was the same approach all body workouts, training all the musculature to muscle failure or as close to as possible. Because um, obviously things like bone mineral density become affected, don't they? Right. They start, you know, become a higher risk of um, osteoporosis, that type of thing, osteopenia. Is that correct? I think so. And yeah. uh, and so, yeah, I mean, look, if we're going to reverse that trend and hold on to bone mass and bone mineral density, then you need to strength train the, right. the entire musculature, right? Um, and I guess from a hormonal point of view, you're only going to benefit the hormonal milieu, right? In terms of them um, increasing uh, insulin sensitivity on the muscle cell, and yeah. you know certainly uh, improving the overall hormonal balance of the body. Um, again, I'm I'm I probably would say too much more just because I don't know whether again it is probably multifactorial, right? That things that you have to address in order to optimize a woman's um condition at that 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 juncture in life in terms of like nutritional stuff sleep you know i'm sure it's a whole spectrum of things but from a strength training perspective that's what i would think that's what i mean that's what we do for the most part in terms of we, we don't really change a great deal we might just re-educate on you know the things that are really going to help at this stage of life you know so yeah that makes sense and i've been um thinking that you know i have not had a DEXA scan, but I kind of assume that because I do do weight training that my bones are pretty strong one of these days, I should probably get that tested and just make sure. <laughs> and, and that yeah, would be a not? good, yeah, good yeah, to know. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, one thing that I, I, I just want to mention is absolutely no relevance to what we've just spoke about, but I'm going to mention it anyway, is um, I find for me as a young father, youngish, well, I suppose I'm a normal age father, uh, mm -hmm. 35, um, 
I was very, you know, I'm doing a lot of bending over, bending over a lot to change yeah. nappies, that kind of thing. And yeah, you feel obviously probably, had a tremendous amount of strain in your lumbar and your lower yeah, back. Right? I'll be picking them up, I imagine. Yeah, tons of that all the time, carrying them everywhere, which obviously puts a ton of pressure on your lower back. Um, so the combination of that, I, I, I thought to myself, Jesus, if I didn't do the Medex lumbar extension at every week or every two weeks, mm. I would be in pain. Mm-hmm. And I feel like because my lower back is strong, because all of the musculature, not just the superficial, but the deep, the multifidi and the different layers of muscle are like being, you know, as strong as a result of using that machine, that I feel I have so much more endurance in my lower back. I can still feel the discomfort, but mm-hmm. there's no pain, you oh, know? And sometimes I wonder if if you could almost do like an A-B test of my life, the, the, the Lawrence that didn't do the lumbar and the Lawrence that did, <laughs> Just to see how the lower back would feel, I'd be really curious because I think I'd be in a very different spot. I think I'd be very debilitating. I think I'd be in pain. And I think of all my friends, so I had a whole group of friends that all had kids at the same time, and a lot of them don't strength train. And I think mm-hmm. you must be feeling it, you know? Yeah. Um, because mid thirties, I guess, you know, a lot of men, maybe and women, perhaps, um, you know, are, are still holding on to a fair amount of strength and that kind of, that kind of point and maybe it's not as 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 challenging as when you're obviously 40 45 etc um and beyond but um yeah I, it does make me think like would i be in a far worse position if i hadn't done that so yeah yeah i think the statistics for how many people get back pain is something like 90 percent right. is so uh, you know at some point or another and probably a lot of it is if you have two small children you're just doing that pretty constantly so i do remember having some back pain and going to a a chiropractor like after my second one we had those car seats that you put in the car at a terrible angle you know and and they were heavy oh uh, man i remember going and uh yeah keeping the back healthy is really important yeah so now they now they have those car seats that you rotate Okay. So you don't have to do that. We don't have one of those because they're stupidly expensive. <laughs> okay. Like five hundred, five hundred dollars. Oh wow! You know, cost maybe more. Um. So we just have the normal facing ones. But no, I totally get why people would invest in that. Makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I bet it'd be worth it if you yeah you, know, you had that yeah. extra hanging around. Yeah, All right. I think I've asked you most of my questions. Let's see. Uh, thank you maggie well do you want to um go over then where people can find you and especially now that you're um training people virtually yeah thank you yeah so um well if they want to obviously they're interested in personal training or learning more about our high intensity training business that's optimastrength.com so not optimal it's optima without the l so o-p-t-i-m-a strength.com and uh, yeah i mean look we're open to certainly training people globally and where we can make the time zone work and uh so long as we we continue to increase personal training availability we can try and make that certainly make that work for people um and i guess the other place to learn about me is highintensitybusiness.com which is where obviously you found out about me and uh, there's lots of podcasts going back where we talk about all the stuff we're talking about today in terms of strength training and health benefits. But I would just, um, for those who uh, aren't business focused or have interest in business, just keep in mind the last 200 episodes or, or there or thereabouts, a lot of those are focused on business. So that might not be as, a, as, as interesting for some people. So, yeah, but thank you so much for doing this. And, uh, you know, I kudos to you for, 
doing this podcast and um, building up a, you know, building up a, uh, you know, a listenership here and producing some great content. So good stuff, Maggie, keep it up. No, thank you. As you heard, Lawrence does train online, so please check out his website at OptimaStrength.com. And if you're interested in hearing other experts in the subject of high-intensity training, you can find a list of his interviews on HighIntensityBusiness.com. Thank you so much for listening to the Off of the Couch podcast. You can send me your comments at offofthecouch.com. Take a small step. See you next week.